Yep, and it's on. Welcome back, everybody. It feels kind of weird to say that because we didn't really have a formal intro for our first pilot episode, but here we are on the second episode of Calling It A Day with Chloe and Cleo. If you came back, thank you very much that you were willing to listen to another one of our episodes. Today, we figured we would talk about something that's really intriguing to us. We love analyzing like personality types and social dynamics and just what goes on in friendships. Maybe more so me. Yeah, I was going to say, speak for yourself. Don't say us. I feel like... Really love this stuff. I know a lot of you listening also do because we talk about it. So with that, I guess we can start off with our Myers-Briggs. I... I'm curious to see what Cleo's is. Um, I mean, I guess just to back up a little bit, hopefully everyone knows what Myers-Briggs is. Um, but for those that don't, okay, I'm probably going to be butchering this, but the only way I know it is like, there's like the letters um, like E-S-I-N, like T-J-F-P. I don't know if like you guys have taken those quizzes. I feel like everyone and their mom has taken that quiz by this point. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a lot of questions. And after a while, I feel like it's confirmation bias. You kind of answer how you want to be perceived and how you think you are. But alas, um, I think it's pretty popular. And that's the one that I mainly use. I know there's like other ones. Hopefully that was like kind of a bit of an intro, but we can go into what our personal Myers-Briggs are. Yeah, let's go in order of the four letters. So the first one is source of energy so that one is pretty well known you're either an extrovert or you're an introvert so extroverts are energized by people they enjoy doing a mix of tasks quick pace and they're good at multitasking whereas introverts like working alone or in small groups they have a more deliberate pace and they like to take on one task at a time so maybe we can make this a guessing game i'll guess cleo she'll guess mine I think this one's pretty obvious. I would guess that Cleo is an extrovert. Correct, Amundo, my guy. <laughs> that is true. I am an extrovert. I think through and through. You know how there's a spectrum of like percentages of which way you lean? I would say you're farther to the end of extrovert than the middle. I actually don't know the answer to that one, but... I don't know. I think I'm actually more in the middle than people might think. It mm. definitely does depend on the crowd that I'm interacting with. Like when it's with a crowd like that I'm super uncomfortable in, I'm completely drained and I'm like, wow, I really need to leave. I think that's extroverts and introverts alike though. I guess some extroverts really can just bounce off the walls with whoever they're with. Yeah, for me, I I mean, <laughs> I think namely I'm thinking about when I was in college um, and Norman, shout out to Norman, <laughs> would bring me to his frat formals. Wow. I was out of my element. I was so, I just like had no idea what to say or what to do. So all I would do is stand next to the cheese plate and just eat cheese nonstop because I thought that would kind of diffuse any obligation of me to talk because I just had cheese cubes completely filling my mouth and I was like yeah that's it like I just like wouldn't know what to do and so after every formal I would just be so drained and tired I feel like a lot of people resort to that you know people love to have that drink in hand to keep them occupied to look engaged to look busy but it it is tough in those uh environments yeah and instead I would eat butter sometimes (laughs) to try to like I have no idea. They like make people laugh. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, can we just eat butter?" And I was like, "Yeah, I have no idea what to do right now." <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um. Can... Oh yeah, I'll guess yours. I think you're an. Actually, I think. Oh, that's hard. It's weird. I feel like you're kind of definitely more in the middle, like middle middle, like an ambivert, perhaps. But if I had to choose one, hmm. I think you're an extrovert as well. Correct, Amundo, as well. I am definitely an extrovert. I was very much towards the extreme end of being extroverted, probably definitely freshman year of college and as college years went on, dwindled more towards the introvert side, but I am still an extrovert. More so in the middle, I would want to say it's probably like a 60, 40, 
percent situation but yes i'm also an extrovert similar to you i don't like small talk in those environments with people i don't necessarily vibe with but at the end of the day i am energized by a really great conversation i much prefer a fast pace over dragging things out and yeah i'm definitely in the middle but an extrovert um the next one is processing of information so that one is s or n uh s meaning sensors they're realistic people who like to focus on facts and details they apply common sense and past experience to come up with practical solutions to problems whereas n which is for intuitives they prefer to focus on possibilities the big picture they easily see patterns they value innovation and they seek creative solutions to problems Ooh, can you guess first i don't really know which one you are oh i think you're a thousand percent an s um if you were listening to our last episode i'm pretty sure we very much emphasized how literal you are as a person so i feel like i'm leaning s because you're a very pragmatic human being and you were very much focused on facts and <laughs> like there's there's no such thing as reading in between the lines it's read the freaking lines so i think you're an s you are correct i think i am a through and through s more more so than being an extrovert i am a hardcore s i think you are an n i mean you are someone who has common sense and you have somewhat practical solutions but i feel like you are great at seeing patterns you're definitely more creative than me and i think you're able to see the big picture pretty well so i'm gonna say n yes that is correct oh, yeah i feel two like for this two. game is not gonna be fun because we know each other so well so we then, never talk about this so so then, i'm curious so then it's like <laughs> we're just hey, gonna it's get... fun even if everyone gets it right uh, people can be guessing as they go along it's only fun if there's a winner no i'm just kidding i guess we'll see there's two more <laughs> the next one is approach to decision making and that one is a t or an f thinkers tend to make decisions using logical analysis objectively weigh pros and cons and they value honesty consistency and fairness feelers tend to be sensitive and cooperative and they decide based on their own personal values and how others will be affected by their actions um do you want to guess mine first yes i think that you oh wait this is tough i think on the outside you instantly feel like a feeler but i think knowing you you can be a lot more logical than people think when it comes to how you make decisions because you really sit on things like for example you're trying to buy a pair of jeans and you really like let that sit with you before you make that decision i don't know like, maybe that's just because i'm cheap and i don't want to <laughs> buy multiple pairs i'm like it's just one and done you really did weigh the pros and cons of that but i guess at the end of the day i'm gonna go with feelers um that is correct oh yes three for three um i think it's weird because i actually shifted i think in high school i was very much a t but then when i retook this quiz in college um all of a sudden i became an f and i was like what the heck but i am more of an f um yeah i guess like another description for feelers it says when making decisions feelers are careful to consider people feelings in various points of view and i think that is very much me like i really like thinking about other people's point of views and kind of weighing on all sides and i'm very people focused and like care about their feelings so i guess that makes sense um for you hmm, this is also a toughie i feel like maybe for both of us we're more in the middle um because i think even though maybe some people don't realize it but you are very thoughtful and considerate about people's feelings i feel like sometimes i don't know from my perception sometimes you're like way more blunt than i am but that's a given yes everyone I'm, would agree <laughs> but i'm like yeah i think you care a lot about people's 
well-being and feelings as well. However, going back to the fact that you are very literal and very also one to evaluate the facts, that's, this is hard. I think you're a thinker. I think you're a T. Ooh, <laughs> I'm taking the lead, everybody. I am F. Whoa. I'm probably more in the 75% like not quite middle region but yeah I also haven't taken this test in a while but I would say that I actually am a big feeler someone told me one time they pointed out I thought it was interesting I thought that I use logic to make my decisions but they helped me realize that I really act on my emotions and what my gut is telling me but I try to use logic to justify that decision. So in that way, I am logical and I could be a thinker, but at the end of the day, what I'm feeling really drives my final decision. So yes, I am an F. And then lastly is the need for structure. So that is a J or P. With judges being those who are more organized and prepared, they like to make and stick to plans. They're comfortable following most rules. And then the other one being perceivers, they rather keep their options open. They like to be able to act spontaneously. They like to be flexible with plans. I think Cleo already knows which one I am, but take your shot. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're both hard J's. <laughs> I, I don't like that. I feel like the word judgers has such a negative connotation. It's true. That one's hard to remember. I'm like, judgers? What does that have to do with making lists? I'm like, <laughs> why don't you call it O? Like, organized. It's um, true. Perceivers just feels like you're so insightful. You're such a, like a big thinker and you're able to be in tune with things going on. But I think there's obviously merit to both. Yeah, well, whoops, I kind of spoiled it. I already told you I was a hard J, but... We both knew we were Js. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, it's weird because I feel like sometimes people think I might be... A, people that only know me in a social context might think I'm a P, but people that know me in an academic or professional setting, hard J. Like, in college, I would have... I would plan my days out by the minute, and when things would get really busy, I would plan things by like 10 minute time slots and if someone was late by just like throw five, everything yeah off. I, he would throw everything <laughs> off and I would get like so up in a tizzy internally <laughs> and then I realized I was kind of unsustainable if someone being late by five minutes throws my whole day off I'm like wait this is not healthy but I didn't realize it was that intense I was I still am a google calendar addict and I would have, similar to you, every single like hour blocked off, maybe not to the 10 minute mark, but I got to a point where I actually had to put in calendar, I guess, events for myself to just rest or pause because if it was blank, I would fill it up. Yeah, I think you're still like that. I don't know if you use Google calendars as rigorously during the pandemic, but I feel like you're still very much filling up all your time slots, whether or not you put on the calendar. But um, yeah, I'm just, I love making lists and having, I'm actually more of a physical planner. I've never been mm. like a physical planner, like to write in. I've never been a Google calendar type of girl. Um, and people are like, but what if like your plans change? I'm like, no, <laughs> my plans should not change. Not if I have to say. Yeah. So like I would in college, I would every Sunday night, I would block out a chunk of time to just plan out my whole week. Like kind of like war planning, I would just look exactly what I have planned for this week and like fill in all the slots. And like Sunday night, I would, if I had time to hang out with someone, I would like text them and be like, hey, how's like 7 p.m. on Thursday? And I would pick the location that would be closest to my next activity. Mm, yes. And so like, <laughs> I would just like, yeah, seriously, like game plan my whole week on Sunday. And like, if things shifted around, I'd like, I would be like, oh my gosh, you should... I don't know as many people that are as intense J's as us and I think that works out in our favor because a lot of my friends are more spontaneous and they keep a pretty chill schedule so anytime I ask for a time and place it usually works out and that's pretty nice <laughs> because we're the only one that's dictating people's plans everyone's just going with the flow and we're like hey how's 
exactly this time at this latitude and longitude. Like, please be here. I think that I'm definitely shifting to more of a P though over time. Before, I would be planning out my schedule literally one to two months in advance. Wait, that's so interesting. I would never plan something two months in advance. I feel like that's the whole world would be different by then. I'm like, two months, like frick, that's like the whole semester. But yeah, I think when I was younger, a good way of someone like explaining the difference between a J and a P is like, oh, if you were in elementary school and you had art class, like, would you use a ruler to draw your straight lines? If yes, then you're a J. If no, then you're a P. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good way to put it because I hated like the art section of the curriculum when I was in elementary school. It's just so free and yeah, because I was like structureless. I would, I would just freak out if it was not perfect, and I would just be like, oh my gosh, I totally cut this wrong. Like the glue isn't straight. Like oh my gosh, this is not looking at all what the art teacher said it was supposed to look like, and I would just get so stressed out. And then when it was over, I'd be like, oh thank goodness. But like I think that's probably why maybe back then I like really loved like math and science because it was just so filled with rules well I feel like this whole conversation makes us sound like complete hardos and like not fun people to be around but I feel like don't worry we're like we're cool people it's kind of surprising to see how similar we are the only one that was different was the way we process information you're more big picture I'm more detail and fact oriented so you are e n f j is that right that is correct in i think there's this website called like 16 personalities or something they kind of give many titles to the personality types which i feel like is super helpful because it helps me remember what i am but the title is called the protagonist um and this little diagram thing has like three adjectives or three words to describe what a protagonist would be it says charismatic inspiring natural leaders although i don't know if <laughs> i don't think um anyone would call me inspiring <laughs> but <laughs> i mean 16 personality said it not me you know yeah these descriptions really like hype the people up <laughs> no, I'm like, where's the like the weaknesses? I feel like that's like, more interesting. I that's feel funny. Like... There's one that's one of the adjectives is mystical. I'm not quite sure what that means, but you would if you were one of them. <laughs> I, I'm definitely far on that, not far away from that one. Uh, mine is ESFJ, and that one is the console. It says not the console, like a game console. The am I saying it right? I don't know. Yeah, like consulate. Ah, well the. Adjectives are caring, social, and popular. I mean, there are other ones that kind of allude to the same thing of being sociable and those kind of things, or warm, caring, those come up in the other ones, but I'll take that, I guess. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, obviously these personality quizzes are kind of meant to hype you up because no one's going to want to willingly step into a place where they're just trying to rag on you for, you know, sucking in every regard. So, I mean, these names are all very positive, which is appreciated. Um, I feel like that's a perfect segue to the Enneagram. That one does kind of rag on you. Um, the Enneagram is probably less known than the Myers-Briggs. It's another personality test. There's a little more going on than the Myers-Briggs with the 16 personalities. There's nine interconnected personality types, but within that there are um, like wings. So it gets pretty complicated. Um, we'll stay high level, but I'm I guess- not, I'm I'll- not going to lie. I've actually never really been into this. I think maybe because I just get confused with all the different types and like the numbers and I was just never drawn to this because I'm like, okay, if I already know my Myers-Briggs, like- Feel like that's all I need to know you know like I don't like I don't want to go deeper there's too much to think about but um, I know my sister's a huge fan of the Enneagrams when I read the Enneagram and I don't know if it's like a self-fulfilling thing but it I just feel so understood like their descriptions are so on point even with um compatibility with other types for example um I guess to get into it in 
more specific terms, I am a type one out of the nine types, and that one is titled the reformer, and that description doesn't really help, but it's the rational idealistic type. Um, some adjectives that describe a type one are principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Yeah, sorry for all the P words for those listening with headphones. Like, wow, I'm not, I'm like, this whole episode is just a lot of P's. And I'm like, wow, this is not sounding hot um, in my earphones. But regardless, yes, that is what it is. So to take a little snippet from the type one overview, it says here that ones are people of practical action. They wish to be useful in the best sense of the word. On some level of consciousness, they feel that they have a mission to fulfill in life, if only to try their best to reduce the disorder they see in their environment. Um, in the effort to stay true to their principles, ones resist being affected by their instinctual drives, consciously not giving in to them or expressing them too freely. There's just a lot going on. I would encourage you guys to look into it because there are so many elements to dive into. But um, Cleo, on the other hand, is a type 3. Wait, how do you know? Did I take this before? I think I sent it to you, but you are through and through a type three. Let me just read it to you. Type three, the achiever, is the success-oriented pragmatic type. Some adjectives to describe type threes are adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. I guess that's me. Is there more description for that? It says, threes want to make sure their lives are a success. However, that is defined by their family, their culture, and their social sphere. Um, this one says, everyone needs attention, encouragement, and the affirmation of their value in order to thrive. And threes are the type which most exemplifies this universal human need. Threes want success, not so much for the things that success will buy, or for the power and feeling of independence that it will bring. Okay, wait, this gets really deep. This is a little ragging on threes. I don't know. <laughs> it says, they want success because they are afraid of disappearing into a chasm of emptiness and worthlessness. Oh, okay. Without the increased attention and feeling of accomplishment, which success usually brings. Okay. Threes fear that they are nobody and have no value. Okay, oh. well, I did not expect it to Whoa. escalate that quickly. Whoa, okay. This Enneagram trying to come from my name just went straight for the throat. But, I mean... I don't even know what to say. I feel completely just, they just went for the jugular. <laughs> I should probably point out the downside of ones as well. Oh yeah, I was going to say, keep it balanced. Hmm, seems kind of biased. <laughs> it says, although ones have a strong sense of purpose, they also typically feel that they have to justify their actions to themselves and often to others as well. This orientation causes ones to spend a lot of time thinking about the consequences of their actions, as well as how to keep from acting contrary to their convictions. Because of this, ones often persuade themselves that they are head types, rationalists who proceed only on logic and objective truth. But the real picture is somewhat different. Ones are actually activists who are searching for an acceptable rationale for what they feel they must do. They are people of instinct and passion who use convictions and judgments to control and direct themselves in their actions. So earlier when I said somebody, a friend, <laughs> told me that I use logic to justify my emotions, I guess it was this website. <laughs> yeah, so basically your only friends are websites that <laughs> describe your personality. But also I feel like... The negative side of ones was not at all as scathing as the negatives for three. <laughs> yeah, that so, one was really intense. I, I feel like whoever wrote this website is a one. Yeah, who hurt you? What three? Apparently hurt a three. You? Because <laughs> whoa, rude. But eh, it is what it is. I feel like uh, all these personality types are just saying I'm like way too sensitive, and I took like some sort of diagnostic at work. There was they're having this like this lady come from London to like diagnose our work styles. I have no idea, but I went because my staffer was like, oh, you should go. And I kind of like these things as well. So I did go and it was kind of hilarious because in that whole room, I was the only one that was like that personality type. And it would talk about, I think the most salient thing that came from that conversation was they would list out what our primary motivation in the workplace is. And some people who are like the dominant personality type would be like, oh, like being right or like having leadership 
or you know having achievement and can you can you guess what my primary motivation in the workplace is according to this diagnostic well, I can't really guess because you already told me. oh wait i forgot I told you. <laughs> okay well it, it was friendship and then people were like <laughs> people were like what <laughs> your primary motivation in the workplace is friendship and then um i don't know who told me this but like i think it was my vp or i guess now he's a director congrats on your promotion but um he was like yeah you're just like a care bear i was like oh my gosh <laughs> that's like, not a bad thing to be known for I, like, honestly we need that kind of balance no, I want to be. I want to be like a snake. Not really. I'm like I want to. Oh, like, that's a whole other topic. Like Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw. We all know neither of us are Gryffindor. Uh, I actually really thought I was going to be a Gryffindor because for the it's red. Time. No, just because like I just associate myself with Hermione a lot, mm. and I was like, oh, she's a Gryffindor. Um, but guess what? False. We're some Cho Changs up in here. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I was like, oh, my primary motivation is friendship. And then I, okay, I thought that um, that diagnostic session was, you know, we're going to be honest. We're going to share about, you know, truly what we feel about in the workplace. And I, I talked about how I don't like when I do something for someone and, like, they don't respond thank you that in an email. That is my biggest pet peeve. One of them. Right. Because I would a thousand percent always say thank you. Even if it's the smallest thing. Yes. I know it's the principle of having manners, being appreciated, you know. Right. And I brought up the fact that I don't like it when people don't, they just like ask me for a bunch of stuff and they don't say thank you afterwards. And then people in the room were just like looking at me like blank stares. But that is totally understandable because when it's just a transactional thing of like, give me this and you deliver, it's almost like you're just a machine. I mean, you are really a cog in the machine. You're just. Oh yeah. I'm pure efficiency. I'm a machine. (laughs) Yeah. I think that we're definitely outnumbered in the working world, but it was actually really hilarious because everyone was like, are you on crack? Like, what's going on? (laughs) Um, I was not on crack, so it's Mm, fine. Thank you for confirming. Thank Um, you for clarifying. Um, One thing I did want to point out was we kind of meet in the middle in terms of our wing. The wing is kind of like your secondary personality type, like type one is my primary, type three is Cleo's primary um and type two is the helper so it's the caring interpersonal type demonstrative generous people pleasing and possessive okay not great adjectives um but i think that is kind of where we meet in the middle like we do genuinely want to help other people and um twos are most interested in what they feel to be the really really good things in life which are love closeness sharing family and friendship which would make total sense because we were raised in the same family and we value that a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't... I, okay, obviously, I don't sit around just mulling over, like, <laughs> why I'm friends with the people I'm friends with. But I feel like in terms of um, romantic relationships, I <laughs> I think my priorities are very much different from my sister's priorities. Even though, as we mentioned in the last episode, that for some reason, our significant others are kind of eerily similar. but. I think throughout my whole life, I've definitely prioritized humor. Like, I really appreciate someone that can make me laugh because I like trying to make other people laugh because, you know, I want to make people happy. And I just think it's, like, hilarious, you know? Like, if you don't have a sense of humor, like, literally, why not? Like, what are you... Like, your life must be so sad. I feel like those kind of things, though, are things that, I will admit, personality tests don't capture. What, like how funny someone is? Or like the fact that, yeah, how funny someone is or how much you value that. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe I should, you know, change around my priorities. But um, yeah, I'm just like being funny and kind of having that humor is so important because I feel like I would not vibe at all with someone that, you know, didn't like the ba'a. Yeah, it's really interesting because our top criteria, this is obviously second to being a man of God, a follower of Christ. Um, that's a given, but my top criteria, not that I really had a checklist, believe it or not. <laughs> I actually do not believe that. I just never did because, for example, like you're not going to find this person who just checks all your boxes. It's more, I think when you date, you hope you're, 
you hope that you guys can make each other better and that you guys can help bring each other to the best versions of yourself. But at the end of the day, you can't really change a person at the core. You would just hope that your values are aligned, your um, beliefs and kind of your outlook on life are relatively aligned and it's fine to disagree. But I think those fundamentals need to be there. Um, Anyway, my top criteria and I don't know if this is chicken or the egg like because Alvin already has this criteria and I learned to appreciate it or if I have always valued this but I would say being reliable in what way in every way like logistically reliable like please be on time like that is huge for me I don't think I I actually do not think I could date someone who was perpetually late Like, even when we try to be late, we're still early. And at least we have that together. Yeah, I feel like that's very similar with me. I actually didn't think about it too much, but I'm, like, I'm glad that, I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to do names of our significant others on this podcast. You already threw out a Norman shout-out earlier. I know. I totally forgot. Whoops, the cat's out of the bag. His name's Norman. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Norman is also very on time. Thank goodness. Otherwise, I would be like, what the heck? Okay, I already told you that thing about how when someone was five minutes late, it threw off my whole schedule. So thank goodness he's not like that. So I guess reliable was also a thing I was looking for, even though I didn't, you know, consciously think about it that often. But also, I'm like, no one would be like, yeah, I love an unreliable partner. So I think it's just, I think being on time versus being reliable aren't necessarily the same thing. I think that's an element of it because you're asking for examples. Like another way of being reliable is if we are packing for a trip or something and knowing that he will bring what he said he brought. And I think those are things not to be taken for granted because for us, it's just a given because that's just the way they are. Um, And maybe it's not an absolute criteria because again, I didn't have a checklist, but I would not be able to be with someone that I couldn't rely on. If they're always late, if they didn't deliver on the things that they were just said they would do or even reliable in a emotional way if I were to share something that is really personal to me would I be able to trust and rely on the fact that they're not going to go and tell their bros you know things like that yeah your bros (laughs) I'm like do people say bros um yeah anyways I think I guess another thing I cared a lot about I don't know if you feel the same is since you know going back to the whole enneagram thing uh, i guess i'm a type three achiever so i actually do care about someone that has a similar level of intellect and ambition because i constantly want to be learning something and growing in some capacity and i like being with and like surrounding myself um with people that can challenge me and grow me in many ways I think I found myself with like different pockets of friendship groups but like every circle like kind of grows me in a different capacity like some challenge me like academically intellectually and some challenge me spiritually and things like that um so yeah I care a lot about finding someone that um has similar levels of intellect and also ambition because I not I guess I consider myself like an ambitious person um and if someone if I was with someone that was kind of like totally content with just doing nothing I think I would have a lot of like internal frustration and try to be like yo why don't you you know get something going on step it up (laughs) yeah I don't again I wasn't looking for a relationship when Alvin and I started dating and I don't think you were either at all so it's not like we were looking for these criteria but in terms of who we get along with and who I like to surround myself with um I guess that is more where the criteria comes into play like I always knew that I wanted to be with someone who was really family oriented because I Personally, I've always envisioned myself becoming a mother one day, and I just could not imagine being with someone who didn't want kids, for example. Those are for some deal breakers, whereas not everything is a deal breaker. <laughs> it was like deal breakers. This is for real people that don't wear socks and have opened toed shoes all the time. I'm like a thousand percent 
not about it and you're giving me a look right now as if like i'm joking but i'm no i'm not looking at you as if you're joking i'm just surprised that that's a deal breaker no it's a thousand percent a deal breaker like what's like the opposite of a foot fetish like that's what i have (laughs) like i hate feet so much so i'm like if you're the type of person Oh, wait, not deal breaker in friendships, sorry. Just romantic relationships. Like, if oh, you're my. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. No. Because you have to live with them. Yeah, I'm and like, be around I'm them like okay, time. if you're my friend, like, I don't care if you wear, like, flip flops all the time. Like, I will make comments. <laughs> but I'm not gonna, like, cut you out of my life, obviously. No, it's just romantic relationships. I'm like, oh my gosh, what you trying to do? Like, okay, you're gonna wear Tevas? With, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Why? Like, why? I'm just... sorry if you wear teases all the time. I guess you're not dating her anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's okay. We're not meant to be, you know? I'm like, I'm not the type. But, yeah, that's like a huge, huge red flag. On that same train of thought, is a good sense of style important to you? Or is it more you just happen to be with someone who you think is put together and dress as well? Oh, you hear that, Norman? My sister thinks you're put together and you dress. Subjective, in her perspective. <laughs> um... Yeah, I guess for those that don't know, which is probably most people, because who cares about this? But um, yeah, I like am pretty into like clothes and like fashion. Um, you know, I think that feels kind of weird to say because I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm into like, fashion. I'm a fashionista. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a maxinista. <laughs> um, but it feels weird to say. But I do really like clothes and like I love putting together outfits and like shopping and like just getting inspo, which is I feel like a primary reason, which is like a weird reason, that I really wanted to live in New York. Just because like every day just walking around, like people are stunting. Like they're showing up and they're just like inspiring me with their style and I just love that. Um, so in terms of like if I care about that and my significant other I guess I never really thought about it. Um, I don't think it would bother me, to be honest, like, if Norman wasn't, you know, styling. I'm trying to say, would you still be with him if he was always wearing blank? But I don't want to offend anybody who literally, like, wears that outfit all the time. So I'm just going to leave it blank. Like, oh, if you're wearing, like, tech tees you got for free from the career fair? (laughs) I'm calling you out, my friends. (laughs) that are doing that um and don't be like there's nothing wrong with it because let's be real why though like you're walking billboard for them you don't need to wear it um but i mean i think that's the thing that i do going back to the idea of someone that challenges me and helps me grow like i think i like the fact that um, my significant other is into style as well because he's like introduced me to a lot of styles and like clothing brands and also just yeah just challenging me to kind of grow out of what I was originally wearing like I'm not gonna lie like I feel like my style is heavily influenced by his and now I'm like super into like baggy silhouettes and more like workwear garments um whereas before I feel like I if I feel like before I was definitely not like that like I was really into like skinny jeans and like tighter silhouettes but now I'm like dude put me in a freaking potato sack like that's my aesthetic now um but I mean it wouldn't bother me I could just like grow in fashion on my own even if he wasn't so it's not a deal breaker but it's a nice plus and if he didn't inspire you in the fashion avenue you would probably be the person inspiring him I think that goes back to how important it is for relationships to make each other better whether it is emotionally mentally spiritually or even just like physically in the ways that you dress I think that that's great um that didn't really cross my mind honestly looks in general didn't cross my mind when Alvin and I started dating it was only because we had become such good friends by the end of freshman year like I mean he's a great looking guy all the guys all of our guy friends (laughs) think he's so handsome like he is told that all the time but anyway I didn't actively register that he was good looking. It was literally like we started dating because he was just such a good friend of mine and we got along so well. And I think it's for me really important to have friendship as the foundation. And it was only until a little bit into the relationship where something clicked and I was like, wait, he is good looking. It was such a strange thing. And I think Alvin's often offended by that because it's not that I didn't think he was good looking. It was just that was not the priority or the thing that stuck out to me <laughs> okay I, this is gonna be a little bit of a controversial one but no offense to alvin but 
Oh, height. Where are you going with that? I mean, thoughts? I am less particular about it than other people. Like, I have certain friends who care a lot more about it. He's taller than me still by several inches. Like, I, I don't like have that. much room like to work generous. with. Several inches? Several. Or? Several meaning, like, three. <laughs> three and a half on a maybe, good day? Maybe one? Four with some dress shoes? Definitely okay. Definitely not one. I think that's that would be rough for me. So I need to work on my posture. But oftentimes, like I slouch a little bit in photos because I'm like I don't want to look too tall. But I think that just makes me look terrible. So anyway, side point. I don't think it's a deal breaker. I know that some people really care about that. I've seen other people where the girl is significantly taller. Um, that's just like a looks thing. I mean, if you have a good guy or girl and they are taller than you but everything else is what you need in a relationship like don't throw that away because of height you know yeah I'm in the same camp I actually don't I feel like looks are not that important to me and also height like I feel like I would totally be down to date someone shorter oh I don't know about shorter oh, okay <laughs> closed-minded um no I would be down I'm to like date please someone shorter. I cannot afford to grow when I'm like pregnant or something you know how people grow and their hormones get all weird when they're in their pregnancy phase anyway cannot afford for no but ranges. I don't think there's anything wrong with being taller than your significant other but but then whenever I say that people are like Okay, but like everyone you've dated has exactly. Like, you can say that because everyone you've dated is like well over a head taller than you. So uh, let's see. No, no, no. But like, I feel like in I no, I know for sure. I'd like totally be fine like dating someone that's shorter than me if like they check all my other boxes. Like if they're like a great person and like like a genuine man of God and like funny and smart and like whatever. Like I don't think it'd be like that big of a deal for me. It's hard to say, though, because a lot of it in the beginning is your connection, and that includes physical attraction, and you could be really great friends with someone that's a lot shorter than you, but if you couldn't see them in that way, then it kind of is what it is, but it works out. We're both dating people. You're dating someone who's significantly taller than you, and to me, like, I don't care that Alvin isn't as tall as other guys. It just, it's fine. Yeah, I don't even know how that worked out. I feel like I'm thinking about my past relationships. Hey, exes, if you're listening, shout out to you. I hope they're not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Time to move on. Okay. <laughs> no, what if we're friends still? Whatever. Um, I think they were all like, I think one of them was like definitely a foot taller than me. Or two of them were definitely a foot taller than me. And like the other two were like almost a foot taller than me, which is just weird the way it worked out because again, I'm in the camp of height should not matter because they cannot control that you know? Right. I I think it speaks a lot to confidence, maybe. If you're confident in your image and how people perceive your relationship, for example, it doesn't really matter that it's not the stereotypical guy is taller than the girl. Like, if you're secure in your relationship and you guys are genuinely happy together, like, no one is going to be constantly being like, oh, X is taller than Y. Like, that's so weird. You know, like, people have more important things to, to fret over. Um, again, this is a tangent, but it reminds me of that song, Short King's Anthem, by TMG and Black Bear. I don't know if you guys <laughs> watch. Okay, also, I don't know why I'm, like, laughing so weird. That sounds so odd. Anyways, um, if you guys watch Cody Ko and Noelle Miller, I am obsessed with them. I seriously went on, like, a binge-watching streak of them during quarantine, and I have never laughed so hard in my entire freaking life, and I love them. They're just so funny, namely Noel Miller because he's very, very beautiful. I know he's taken, no disrespect to Aaliyah, but um, yeah, and they're both, I guess, quote unquote, short, and they wrote this song called Short King's Anthem, and I think it's hilarious, but I'm, I'm like, I look at Noel Miller, and he's technically, quote unquote, short. He's not. He's 5'8". That's pretty tall. I would take 5'8". That's quite tall. And then I was like, yes, I would 1,000% date him. He's so funny. But see, they wrote an anthem for short kings, you know, built up their confidence. I guess you can never be tall enough if they think that 5'8 is short. This world is always just a matter of comparison, isn't it? Yeah, like I, every guy I talk to that's less than six feet, like their golden desire, I guess, their golden standard is they're like oh if i only had a couple more inches to be six feet tall like that would make it i'm like no dude 
like if you have a bird bad bird if you have a bird personality <laughs> if you have a bad personality like who cares if you're six feet tall my guy and honestly for the people who are six feet or six one or six two I feel like they're just tall enough, but not quite tall enough to be, like, a good basketball player. I mean, it's not only based on height. But a lot of people are like, oh, if I just had a few more inches, like, I could much more easily dunk. You know, like, people could always use a little more. But, <laughs> hey, don't discriminate. Isaiah Thomas was short. He he made it to the NBA. It's all relative. But I want to revisit this whole Harry Potter house thing, since we never really truly revealed what our houses were um i guess actually when i was in college um someone submitted this poll in my majors group me to like get people's opinion on what house they thought i was and i thought one again it would be a resounding gryffindor false that's definitely your fourth yeah fit. i know i know after more you know self reflection and just like deep thinking i'm a thousand percent not a gryffindor um but it was actually split 50 50 between two houses can you do you think you can guess which two i mean again i already know oh it was slytherin and wait do i know hufflepuff Ravenclaw? Yes. Okay, I'm just okay. trying to live. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, there's four houses and I already Hubble said definitely and not Slytherin. Gryffindor, so yeah, good job. Um, I'm mixing it up with mine. Um, yeah, I was like, I was offended that people thought I was a Slytherin, but then I realized it's because... You are. I feel like I have like two facets of my personality. Like when you see me in office hours, I'm just... I'm a shark. Shark. You're a snake because you're a Slytherin. (laughs) Not a snake. Like, I'm not going to be mean, but I just, like, I just, you know, have my eye on the prize. Um, But then when, like, the moment I step out of the classroom, I feel like I'm a thousand percent a Hufflepuff. But there's nothing wrong with being a Hufflepuff. I feel like they get a bad rep. Like, one, their mascot is a honey badger, which I love. That's so cute. Um, I feel like honey badgers are my spirit animal for multiple reasons. Um, is even real? What? I think badgers are real. Anyway. Oh my. Okay. Because, like, they're called. I, saw, I watched this honey badger documentary called Thugs of the Savannah, and they're so resourceful, so smart. And I'm like, yes, I love that. And also, like, my favorite driver in Formula One, Daniel Ricardo. Shout out to Daniel Ricardo if you're listening. I love you. You're not, obviously. Um, And his nickname is, like, Honey Badger. I'm like, wow, all these honey badger motifs tying together. I'm a Hufflepuff. I think you're trying to be a Hufflepuff. No, I'm not. Like, I'm just I'm just a natural Hufflepuff. And I'm like, I feel like they get kind of a bad rep because they weren't, they weren't really talked about that much in the series. I feel like, obviously, in comparison to Gryffindor. But if you think about it, Cedric Diggory, Hufflepuff. No one can deny the fact that he was an astounding wizard. Like, he was so good. No one thinks he's, like, meek and, like, lame. No, they're, like, freaking Cedric Diggory. Love you. So, yeah, I'm, like, totally fine with being a Hufflepuff. I was, like, sad that people thought I was a Slytherin. But then the more I read about it, I feel like I have the positive qualities of a Slytherin, but the negative qualities of a Hufflepuff. So... I'm actually really surprised that you're a Hufflepuff because Ravenclaw values like intelligence wisdom and wit i feel like that's like you in a nutshell whereas hufflepuff talks about justice and loyalty which i mean great things but i don't know if it totally embodies you as much as the ravenclaw whoa are you trying to say that i'm disloyal and unjust (laughs) it's not a personal attack a slytherin though i think you definitely are they value ambition being a leader and resourcefulness i think that resourcefulness piece i really resonate with Oh, yeah, I'm scrappy. But no, I'm saying, like, I think I have the positive sides of Slytherin, but the negative sides of Hufflepuff. And I feel mm. like the loyal and the just are, like, positives of Hufflepuffs. But I feel like if you read the negatives, then you're like, oh, yeah, that's you. I see, I see. Okay, what about mine? Which ones do you think I am kind of stuck between? I feel like I already know. It's Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Yeah, that's very accurate. It's funny because I took multiple personality quizzes and it definitely ruled out Gryffindor and Slytherin from the beginning. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not Slytherin. 
and I had my friends vote between whether I was Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw and it was pretty split I think more Ravenclaw but my friend called me out the other week and she was like it's because you already knew what the ants were trying to get at I was trying not to be a Slytherin because Slytherins get a bad rep but when I take a step back I'm like you know what I'm proud to be a Slytherin like there's nothing wrong with being ambitious to be resourceful um but yeah I think I have personalities from both for sure yeah I feel like if if it was possible I would love to see like books and movies from the perspective of the other houses because I could totally see how people would hate on Gryffindor for just like breaking all the rules but then like still getting points at every like what's it called forgot like every banquet yeah but I guess it kind of just goes back to like that like Myers-Briggs thing like I'm an F and like I want to see other people's perspectives like I want to see the perspective of Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs and Slytherin like I'm sure Malfoy was like the whole time thinking he was doing the right thing you know but um yeah sorry that was like a huge tangent into Harry Potter but big fan big fan um I know we didn't prepare this but uh, there's also this fun game that my friends used to play with me and like other friends is you kind of go around like asking your friends to describe you in three adjectives oh I like that um and she kind of keeps a list like in the notes on her phone because it's interesting to see how different people in different circles describe you differently oh, it's really interesting um yeah I'm like it seems right up your alley you it's very up my you, alley wow I love that kind of stuff watch you trying to ask everybody for three oh, I really will now going forward get ready friends I will ask you <laughs> yeah you better have it prepared um but yeah I think it's like super interesting so I guess to put you on the spot what three adjectives would you use to describe me oh gosh three positive or three negative it can be just kidding it can be balanced knowing you mm. mostly negative <laughs> i think one would for sure be witty you're very good on the spot you like the jokes but i think witty also touches upon the intelligence piece so i think witty is a good one why don't you give one for me first so we can go back and forth and i can have a moment to think oh okay i feel like i should have thought about this earlier because it's okay it's raw it's real oh Genuinely, my gosh think. sure i'm probably gonna edit out all these pauses because i have no idea mm. <gasps> intentional i knew you were gonna say intentional oh that's such a cop-out answer but i will take it you're like yes it's exactly what i am in every single respect of the word um but yeah i do think you are very intentional about basically everything that you do sometimes a little bit too much sometimes I'm like yo chill out but I mean you're very intentional I think you are very intentional with your friendships as well like you're very very deliberate I think about who you keep in your life and even if it's like a difficult friendship per se you don't give up and you're very intentionally trying to pour into them and like help them in some way um and also very intentional with like every single one of your actions I feel like to try to either you know maximize the efficiency or optimize your schedule in some way I think yeah intentionality is a huge thing in your life the second word I would use to describe you would be oh gosh there's definitely a few on top of mine that are in the same realm but I will go with dedicated or committed, kind of the same thing. It kind of ties in with like being hardworking, but I don't think hardworking quite captures that. So in terms of the way you operate at work, like you're so dedicated to the craft, even though they are sucking the life out of you, like you still give it your all no matter how tired you are. Like you are committed to delivering your best product and you try to give it your all no matter what. And when your friends have a request and they want you to look up something, like, you spend a lot of time um, helping them look it up and you kind of give your best in the things you do. So in that way, I think you're very dedicated slash committed. Yeah, you hear that work? You're sucking the life out of me. <laughs> Stop it! Um, whenever someone says the word dedicated, I just think of that Kelly Clarkson song where she's like, Dedicated. Oh, she's gonna start singing. Oh, yes. Time. I'm like, yes, that's right. I did take the time. Um, but a word I would use to describe you, is, another word, I mean, is obstinate 
Oh, oh my sure. gosh. We told you don't use big words with me. <laughs> Please um, describe. Sorry, I studied for the SAT vocab section. Yeah, her vocabulary is off the walls and she uses them on a regular day basis and it really goes over my head. Like, I'm trying to keep it simple. Like, a, maybe a 500 word vocabulary. Very, like, <laughs> high school level or below. I didn't really study that hard for <laughs> the SATs and stuff. But anyway, please elaborate. Um, yeah, I actually have the definition pulled up because I figured you wouldn't know what that word meant. But oh, thank you. I'm just dedicated, you know? Um, so it's an adjective, in case you were wondering. It means stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or chosen course of action despite attempts to persuade one to do so oh, i was really expecting a positive word okay fine wait don't i just feel like the word obstinate has such a negative connotation just like the way it rolls off the tongue but i mean being stubborn is not necessarily a bad thing why but... don't you say unwavering anyway it's your word keep going <laughs> yeah trying to tell me how to give out my own opinions um but yeah obstinate i think is you to a t you are one of the most stubborn people i know or, in your perspective, unwavering. Um, but, like, for example, I think for the longest time, because, like, I was, like, kind of more into, like, makeup and stuff first. And she, I wouldn't, like, she wouldn't wear it that much. And I would wear it. And she'd be like, ew, Cleo, you look caked. And I was like, dude, you know, mascara goes a long way. Just, like, a little bit of mascara goes a long way. A little bit of blush goes a long way. And then she like, refused to believe me for the longest time. And then like years down the road, she like wore more blush and mascara than I did. And then I'd be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, look who came around years later. And she's like, oh, you know me. I'm just unwavering. <laughs> it takes me some time to come around, but I come around. Um, last word to describe you. I could go either side, positive or negative. But I will say, honestly, you're sensitive. <laughs> and I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you take things pretty personally, like small little details in the way people respond. Or if you help somebody and they don't return the favor, or like they're not reliable in that way, or whatever it might be. Like, I think certain things can set you off and you can be a lot more sensitive than it comes off to be because on the outside you're really like joyful and jolly and just lighthearted, which are just lots of adjectives to describe you getting thrown out there but I think it's not necessarily a bad thing you're just more of a feeler than people might think because on the surface level you're just like a happy-go-lucky person some might say I'm just extremely in touch with my emotions Sure. <laughs> um, oh, okay. For the third word, that's kind of tough because for some reason I feel like intentional and obstinate are just two words that completely just describe who you are that it's hard to come up with a third, in my opinion. I mean, you have such a vast vocabulary. I'm sure you can pull something out of the bag. Mm. Ooh, okay. I think I, I'm trying to come up with a better word to truly describe what I'm trying to say, but I think third word would be confident. It seems like such like a meek word to use in terms of like, it feels like just such like a generic word, but I do feel like you're very confident in many, many ways. Like I feel like you're one of the few people that are, don't question who they are or like who, like what they stand for or like why you're doing what you're doing. Like, I don't think I've ever really seen you be like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, oh, what if, like, they think X, Y, Z? Like, you do not care. Except for internally, I am like that, because that's, like, the whole type one thing. But thank you. Keep but, going. But, like, <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. I regret this word immediately. I should have picked something, like, lame. <laughs> Third adjective, loser. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I feel like, from my perspective at least, it's like, you don't really care what other people think, and you're never like, mm, it is what it is, or no, you are always like, it is what it is, and even though I, like, make fun of your, like, fat forehead, or, like, make fun of whatever, you're never, like, you're never down on yourself about it, you kind of just, like, shrug it off and move on, and you're like, who cares what anyone thinks, I am who I am, and I think you very much get that from our mom. Mm. Um, you know, I wish I got some of that energy. Frick. Um, <laughs> yeah, her third word be sensitive, like the complete <laughs> opposite. I should have 
I mean, you're not unconfident. Um, but yeah, I would say confident is definitely the word. I think that's also though kind of translates to the fact that I mean, maybe this is a conversation for another time because this is already going way over. Is just you have a lot of gravitas. Like people tend to follow you and listen to whatever you say even if it's completely wrong <laughs> you're gonna bring up the movie in high school <laughs> no I'm not gonna bring that up but like even if I'm like shouting in the corner being like she's so wrong I have all the facts okay <laughs> like, I know she's wrong like people will still follow you just because you I think carry yourself in such a confident manner that people are like yeah sorry if you've fallen into that trap people but <laughs> it's basically everyone everyone's fallen into that trap I used to very much as a child but then I realized that no, you know, like I And in know that what I'm way you have grown to be more confident. You're like, I'm not gonna follow this person who's exuding such self assurance, I suppose. You're just like, No. I'm confident in the ways that I know what I'm talking about. So Yeah. That. Maybe self assured is also like a better adjective, but I guess they're kind of similar. Okay, wait, I was like, I kinda wanna talk about our love languages, but are we running out of time or should we just do it? Let's just do it. I think it's in the same stream of consciousness. Okay. So I guess for me, I actually don't totally remember what my top one is, but I think my top one is acts of service. Um, and my la- least, very, very least is physical touch like I think every time I took the quiz it'd be like zero physical like, touch. you seem like a very huggy person but in reality you're like oh get your clammy hands off me yeah but I mean I'm the one that has clammy hands so it's ah uh, makes sense it's ironic it's a personal thing <laughs> but no like you're not the first person to say that like when I was at work and I was explaining to my coworker how I I hate hugs like I'm not a hugger they were shook they're like, what? You seem like a thousand percent a hugger. I'm like, I feel like I'm an emotional hugger. Like I'll hug you with my words and like the way I welcome you, but not physically. Like, please do not approach me in any way. Um, but yeah, acts of service, I definitely prioritize. I in think, terms of receiving? Um, receiving and giving. But I do think in terms of giving love language, I'm definitely more of a gift giver. Like I love like giving gifts to people um but I like receiving acts of service the most because when I mean for for as long as not as long as I can remember for at least the past five years it's been like incredibly busy so if someone can help me do a task that saves me time I would be like wow huge and also just the fact of like anticipating my needs kind of thing like knowing like I needed this done and like you're willing to do it or even if you didn't know and I asked you to do it and you still did it um huge because now that kind of frees up time for me to be able to do other things um so I love that um but also yeah again giving like I love giving gifts and like kind of surprising people with stuff like birthdays like giving them surprising them with like a little gift or just um like sending cookies to someone if they're feeling down um yeah I'm really into that. I have the exact same thought process, like literally the exact same for acts of service. So my top ones used to be quality time and words of affirmation, I would say was a second. But as time has gone on and life got really busy when I got into college, acts of service is so huge for me. I think what you said about anticipating your needs is a really good way to put it because it's great when someone serves me with or like loves me well with an act of service. But if they're able to know me that well and care deeply enough to the point where they'll do it without being asked, that just speaks volumes. And quality time is now definitely my second because at the end of the day, hanging out in person especially just makes such a difference. And calls and whatnot kind of check the box, but it's not the same as like true quality time where you're just having a good old conversation, cooking up a meal, enjoying each other's company. And I think acts of service and quality time do really go hand in hand together. And I would say that my giving and receiving are in the same wavelength. And it could be the way we were both raised and that's a whole nother podcast, but our parents weren't huge on like words of affirmation. Like they didn't really ever vocally express it and I think a lot of 
maybe children of Asian immigrant parents can relate to that, but they would always show their love through cooking food or bringing us something back or taking care of us through their actions. So I think that really translates to how we give and receive love now too. Yeah, also no hugs. So therefore no physical (laughs) touch. But um, yeah, with that, I think we should... Oh my gosh, I'm saying it again. I'm literally, Are you messing it up again? No, I'm saying like it just was oh, about to happen. Oh, I thought you were about to, okay. No, I'm like, it just was going to happen. It's like, just so catchy. It just rolls off the tongue, everybody. Like, if you find yourself saying it all the time, like. We came up with the phrase. No one else has said it before. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, I think we should just call it a day. Yeah, that wraps up episode two. Thank you for listening again. Um, we had a great time recording this episode. I think it was insightful learn a little bit about each other and i guess we'll catch you on the next one bye